This episode is brought to you by Osprey. Tired of your tattered old climbing pack? It's time you met the Zealot from Osprey. Osprey was born at the foot of the Sierras and came of age in the ranges, deserts, and canyons around Cortez, Colorado. And ever since, they've been elevating adventure through innovative pack design along the way. When it comes to climbing, their Zealot series is purpose-built and athlete-tested with ballistic nylon to defy years of dirt bagging. Their Zealot 40 is a proper crag bag, made with the same attention to detail and carrying comfort that Osprey is known for. And their Zealot 30 is made for your days that take you from work to the gym, using dual compartments to keep your everyday carrying and climbing gear separate. The Zealot is available online at osprey.com or at your local retailer. Hey everyone, Tommy Caldwell here. You know, everyone, at least in the climbing world these days, is trying to figure out ways to live more intentionally, to live a less impactful life. And one of the best things we as climbers can do to make that happen is to support and buy things from the companies that are doing the same thing, the companies that are figuring out ways to lower their carbon footprint, lower their chemical usage, make their products out of recycled materials, make products that just don't wear out. And you know, the only company that's doing that well in the ropes and hardware space is Edelrid. They've been innovating the best products for over 100 years. They invented the sit harness. These days they make unquestionably the most high quality ropes, the lightest weight carabiners, and really they're just awesome all around. So check them out at www.climbgreen.com. Welcome to the Dirtbag State of Mind podcast from the Climbing Zine. I am Luke Mihal, and this is episode 10, the final episode of season five, a love letter to the firebrand. Hey, Luke, it's Heidi from the firebrand, and I cannot wait to hear your story. The firebrand is this restaurant in Gunnison, Colorado. It was the first place to ever sell the climbing zine. While it was a restaurant, I guess technically a delicatessen and served breakfast and lunch, it really was a home. I started hanging out there when I was getting into my like living in a tent, super philosophical, paring my possessions down to nothing. And it was also right after I had gone through a mental health crisis when I was 20, kind of going into 21 and landing in Gunnison really gave me a, a place um, to kind of settle in and, and get my myself together and everything like that. As anyone who's been through a traumatic big event in your life, the aftermath is just as intense as the event. In many ways, the firebrand just gave me this place where I could write, where I could hold events when I started publishing it's almost really tough to try to put into words, so hopefully this essay will do that. The Firebrand closing its doors really feels like a loss, and if you ever walked into this place and you felt a connection to it, or you have this other place in your life where a home is, is this place that it never should have been a home, it doesn't make any sense, you know, it's a really emotional piece for me to write, and I just felt gutted after writing it, and it's like, why do I feel this way about a restaurant that's closing? Like I said, hopefully this essay will really put some clarity to it, but I don't even know if the climbing zine exists without the firebrand. Like I said, they were the first place to sell the zine and just the environment and the encouragement I had 
from that place. And the hardest part of an artist's career is when you're starting to believe in yourself and you're willing to do the work for years where there isn't necessarily a reward. There isn't necessarily the financial incentive or anything like that. Thank you to the Firebrand, to the Magnus sisters, Heidi and Kate, everyone who worked there, everyone who made the place what it was. And I really do feel like the climbing zine is a model of the Firebrand in the sense of a business. Speaking of the business, you know, I'm not a businessman and I'm not a businessman. The climbing zine is a labor of love for me. And we are at a very kind of cruxy moment with the zine. Just last week, we had a couple sponsors drop, longtime sponsors. They're cutting back their budgets. They're switching to digital. You know, we offer podcast ads. We offer print ads. But I'm realizing that there really is a shift from sponsor-supported publication, The Climbing Zine, to reader-supported. And while there is momentum, I need more momentum at this point. We need to get to 1,000 new subscribers by the end of this year. We're right around 500. So please share the word with the Keep the Zine Alive campaign. We're putting out a video this week and we're gonna put out some other materials. And so please share that video on your social media. Please subscribe if you're not already a subscriber. And the coolest full circle thing about this is, it's not lost on me that when I put up old climbing zines for sale, they sell quicker than anything could possibly sell in the store. The minute I sent out an email, there's already 20, 30 people in the store and the lucky person that was there first we'll score these old zines that I'll find and put up for sale. And the Firebrand actually found a big stash of zines and they're en route in the mail right now. We're gonna put those up for sale and we're actually gonna announce it. So stay tuned for that. We're gonna announce a date here shortly. So everyone kind of has an opportunity to score one of these old zines. And it really means to the world to me that people collect them and you enjoy them and it means something to you. So. Thank you for reading the zine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Five seasons have been just incredible and very grateful for Chad Rich, who's been our producer and grateful for Devin Dabney for his music and everyone who's come on the podcast and everyone who tells me they enjoy the podcast. I really appreciate that. This episode of the Dirtbag State of Mind podcast is sponsored by Kilter. Looking for a fun way to train at home or at the gym? Check out the Kilter board. The Kilter Board has innovative light-up holds, a progressive app with animated functions, climbs for all abilities, and two layouts to choose from with large international online communities for each. There are over 66,000 problems in the original Kilter Board layout, and the newer Homebuilder layout comes with over 6,300 problems. You can set, tick climbs, make shareable playlists, watch send videos for motivation and beta, and even add your own videos to share with other users. The new map feature helps you find and connect to Kilter boards nearest you. Kilter has multiple wall sizes and package options available, so we can help you get a Kilter board in almost any space. Check out Kilter at settercloset.com and look for more information in our show notes. This episode is also sponsored by Scarpa. Scarpa's approach to climbing shoe design mirrors their approach to the pursuit of climbing itself. They strive to evolve and incorporate new ideas and techniques every step of the way. They refine their strengths, train their weaknesses, and build on each success. 
Scarpa has been bolstering its climbing shoe foundations by continuing to create versatile, high-quality designs that satisfy the needs of climbers across a range of disciplines and skill levels. For more information, visit scarpa.com and look for a link in our show notes. Without further ado, let's get into this love letter. A love letter to the firebrand. Did you hear the firebrand is closing? It was one of those texts that comes up on one of those days. The days when sadness and bad news pile up. Like, of course, I'm going to find out at this moment that the most important place in my adult life is closing its doors. Then, almost immediately, I didn't go to a place of sadness. My heart went to a place of gratitude. And I thought, hopefully, this will be a good thing for Heidi and Kate, the Magnus sisters, who for 28 years fostered a place I can only call home in the guise of a restaurant. I'm writing these words in El Petreo Chico, Mexico, far away from Gunnison, Colorado, and am I immediately tearing up when I think of the Magnus sisters and our beloved firebrand, which I'll refer to as the FB from here on out. And I'm going to switch right into my hopeful, romantic, love letter writing self, because that's who I am, and the FB was an essential part of me realizing who I am. We all need to be in tune with who we really are, or life is a waste. At first, this little deli that could on Main Street was just a place to get a sandwich or a cup of tea and write in my journal. I'd arrived as a transplant from normal Illinois, and I'd recently been through a major mental health crisis, one that is all too common amongst young people today, but one I thought at the time I was the only person to ever experience, and that made me feel lonely. I looked like your normal 21-year-old hippie kid. Inside, I felt old, lifeless, and on death's door. The firebrand not only helped me rebuild, but it did so in a very subtle way. One cup of tea, one sandwich at a time. One day, I didn't have any paper to journal on, so I just decided to start writing a poem on a napkin. Heidi noticed this and figured I was staying for a while, so she gave me one of those reusable tea steepers. That gesture still stays with me to this day, some 20 plus years later. I was far away from my birthplace and I was dealing with the aftermath of a mental health crisis, which is almost as hard as the crisis, with no therapist or support system like I have now. And this kind person said, here, stay a while, but not in words, only in the form of a cup of tea. I stayed for well over a decade. Heidi and Kate were like outcasts, the great hip-hop duo of Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Probably neither one could do what they were doing without one another. Heidi ran the front of the house and Kate the back of the house. And what came out was magic. Hellos and thank yous with Kate were always brief but special. A smile exchanged to know it was meaningful. Always coming and going like a much-needed rainstorm. Heidi went on to become an important figure in my life. Much like my professors at Western Colorado University, she's right up there with Darla DeRyder, Shelley Reed, and George Sibley. She was always kind to me. That tea gesture extended far and wide. When I started making zines, she was the first person to sell them. The FB never took a percentage either, giving me 100% of the sales to pocket or buy food with. I hosted the first ever zine things there. 
Imagine what is now the international success known as the climbing zine, all started by selling stapled together black and white copies for $2, alongside muffins and cookies. Damn, I'm going to miss those Firebrand muffins. I left Gunnison in 2010 to move beyond college me towards a bigger and warmer town in Durango. I fretted over the decision for a long time and wondered if it was right for me. And I always felt like I could return home to the Firebrand because of my friends there, because I knew I always had a seat at the table at the Firebrand. The Polaroids and cards that decorated the walls never changed, but also somehow grew. Sometimes reminders of the people we lost. Others reminders of the sweetness of living in a connected, small mountain town. Every time I published a book or a zine, I'd send up copies. And when I'd come for a visit, I had money to buy my breakfast or lunch. Damn what I wouldn't do for one more breakfast special with a cup of tea. I can still see it, taste it. I'm still in love with what I experienced there. I can see my two favorite tables, one for when I was alone and writing, and for another when I was laughing and smiling with a group of friends. There was a feeling of home and inclusivity that I've tried to incorporate into my life's work. The FB as a business is strangely similar to the climbing zine. Just like Heidi did, I'll go out of my way to try and include something extra to try and brighten someone else's day. I know that came from the firebrand. I know that it's an honor to have a business that not only delivers a good, but a type of joy that will resonate for a lifetime, just like the firebrand did. For a variety of reasons, I didn't make it to the firebrand for one last meal. And I also didn't make the gathering they had at the college. I'm at peace with that. The meaning the firebrand had in my heart was so personal and so deep. It was probably better for me to live in memory than to try to think I could find closure there at the end. The firebrand will always be a part of me and will guide the philosophies I use to live my life. I did brainstorm what I would have said if I would have been able to make the event. The essence would have been something to the effect of turning places that are on the surface transactional, like say a place that serves breakfast and lunch, to becoming something much more, a home with an extended, misfit, outcast sort of family. Because I didn't come up for one last meal, because I didn't make the final event, I hadn't had any contact with Heidi or Kate. But this week, I got an email from Heidi. She said she had a stash of copies of the climbing zine she wanted to send me. Something that has happened over the last couple years is that the fans of the zine avidly collect the old issues and will also pay a pretty penny for them which delight me to no end, knowing that my life's work is very much appreciated and respected. Heidi and I have had a great email chain, which still feels like a natural conversation. In this process, she sent me some photos of all the zines she had, which will surely be appreciated by readers. Stories like these don't have endings. The firebrand will forever live in my heart. It meant the world to me, it felt as much like home as my childhood home, or where I am now, which these days is not just one place, or even one country. The firebrand was home, plain and simple. But I love this little ending, that she has all those rare zines that are now in the mail, on their way to the zine headquarters in Durango. One final gift from the firebrand. 
The firebrand was the compost for the seeds of my writing, my life's work. How all of this could come out of a place that simply went by the name of a delicatessen? It nurtured us delicately, with love and care and family and nutrition, all these things that people need. The story doesn't end. I can only say to Heidi, to Kate, to everyone who walked through the doors and walked out with more love, thank you. I heart the FB. Luke, this is Heidi. Kate and I read your love letter to the firebrand, and we are going to fire a love letter right back at you. As you know, we've been closing down the firebrand, and we're going through all the layers and layers of memories there. And you are everywhere. There are poems that you have written over the years, taped to random spots on the wall. Your zines are everywhere. They're in the toy box. They're in the bakery case. They're on the shelves and the bookshelves. And they're all pretty well loved. They've obviously been read over and over again. And there's pictures of you and newspaper articles that you've written. And we just love the fact that you were sort of some, a bit of commentary throughout our time at Firebrand. And we love the things that you had to say. When we first opened the Firebrand, our motto was feed the people. And we had no idea how many ways we could do that. And when you walked in our door, you were on our radar pretty immediately. And we just had this feeling that you were there not just for the bottomless cup of tea or the egg sandwich, but you were there because you felt welcome and it was warm, a lot warmer than Hartman's where you were, had been sleeping. <laughs> and um, it just felt really awesome to have you there quietly drinking your tea, writing your poetry on napkins. And it's people like you that made Firebrand such an interesting place to be. And we got to enjoy your quiet presence at the window table as you sat and scribbled your poetry. We got to eventually hear some of your stories of your adventures, which we loved hearing about. And then when you would bring your friends in, your big table of friends, you know, we're like, oh, Luke has no friends. And then you'd show up with like 20 guys and sit around the table and just have so much fun before you'd go out climbing. So thank you for making Firebrand a more interesting place. Um, and then when you started your zine, we loved how you pulled people's stories together and, you know, brought us the zines so that we could actually sell them. You had Firebrand copies that people could just read and it was just so fun to represent you and then have you come in and get whatever money you had made on the zines that we had sold and then you'd immediately spend it on more bottomless cups of tea and more egg sandwiches so thank you for being you we love you so much um, we love that we are part of your history you are such a part of ours and i'll just sign off for me and kate Sincerely yours, we love you right back. Heidi and Kate. That was our final episode 
for season five. Wow, what a journey this has been with the podcast. Yeah, like I said, the firebrand was just the seeds of so much that is the climbing zine. And these days, I hope that whenever we send out a package, whenever we interact with people at events, hopefully you get a little extra love with your climbing zine. One big shout out to our helper, Zaz, who's holding it down in Durango. She's been staying at my place and we're eventually going to move the climbing zine out of my place and into a workspace here eventually. We're still working on that, but big shout out to Zaz. And if you're getting climbing zines in this holiday season, they're going to be through her hands and she gives the same love into the zine that that I do and, and she really loves it. And She's uh, kind of carrying on the dirt bagger tradition by staying in the Zine headquarters while I'm down here in El Potrero Chico, Mexico. Music from this episode is by Devin Dabney. Our digital editor and producer is Chad Rich. And signing off from beautiful El Potrero Chico on a sunny winter day, I'm Luke Mihal. Peace.